Welcome to another episode of the Carnal Extremities Podcast, a horror podcast where we take an extreme film and pair it up with an extreme musical offering. Most of the times metal, other times other genres of music, but well, we find ways to connect them. As always, I am one of your hosts, Raina Cervantes, and with me is... I am your other host, Vanna Taylor. A A A. We're like back in the groove of like recording on a regular basis now. I know it's 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 good. We, as long as we are able to keep it going, I'll be very happy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna make any promises, but I think we're back in the groove of like regularly covering things. It's like a breath of fresh air after like. I don't want to say I was getting tired of only watching Japanese films. But, like, it's cool that we're, like, covering other stuff now. Yeah, and I I know we've always, like, really talked about how the definition of extreme for the sake of the pod is pretty loose. But I'm, I, I like that we've, I mean, I think, like, widen the net even more like i don't even really think about whether or not something is considered extreme Mm -hmm. before choosing because i feel like as long as it's subversive in some way which almost all horror is to a Mm -hmm. point like it's fun and i want to talk about films that are fun to talk about without putting a like barrier on that i don't know because the, yeah. the things we've been talking about lately are fun, so. Yeah, and, like, I feel like if you really, like, kind of sit on that definition of extreme too long, and I know we've been guilty of this, where we, like, sit and discuss, does this film meet our criteria, and we go back and forth for, like, way too long on it. Yeah, it's like, you know, if there's some titles that, you know, some gore hounds out there are waiting for us to cover like we'll get to it but we're just having fun covering whatever the heck we want to cover because it's our podcast and we make the rules a hundred percent and this week's film is um this week's film is a special one i i would say it's about one of my favorite topics ever um and i'll elaborate more on that in a moment yeah, I'm, I'm like, all right, well, excited to get into that, I guess. Uh, should we just go ahead and jump in? Ah, fuck it, we're three minutes into the pod. Go ahead and introduce our, our movie for this week. All right, well, uh, this week we are covering Knife Plus Heart, uh, also known as Un Couteau dans le Coeur, which actually translates to a knife in the heart not sure why it's translated differently but oh well um knife plus heart is directed by yan gonzalez who also co-wrote the film with cristiano mangione it stars vanessa paradis nicholas mori kate moran uh jonathan Genet, and romaine boringer 
I'm just really guessing on those pronunciations. Uh, who knows if I got any of those right? But oh well. Um, the film was released on May 17th, 2018 um, and set in Paris, summer 1979. The film follows Anne, who is loosely based on Man- Anne-Marie Tensi, a female producer who specialized in gay pornography and was active in France in the 1970s and 80s. When Lois, her editor and companion, leaves her, uh, Anne attempts to get her back by making a film based on the ongoing investigation into the murder of one of her actors. Meanwhile, a dildo knife-wielding killer is running rampant on the scene. C'est un de ses amis qui a découvert le corps. Carl venait de tourner dans un de mes films. Quel genre de film exactement Oh, arrêtez votre charme. Fais pas le coup des types, ils sont pas renseignés. Dans deux minutes, je veux tous à poil et regarde à vos plurettes que Giscard. On se soulage avec la main, on est à l'aise entre copains. Oh Coupez Sur le plateau, il était du genre insatiable, les yeux illuminés, à la merci de ses partenaires comme possédés. Vous savez, quand on s'oublie avec l'autre, qu'on sait plus où on est, ça vous est jamais arrivé. Une forme d'amour en quelque sorte, puissant. Sans limite. C'était le dernier plan du tueur homo. Bravo. Okay, Vanna, when I said this movie was based on like one of my favorite subjects ever, what did you think I meant? Um, well, my first thought was slashers, but <laughs> then uh-huh. I was like, uh, gay porn? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that what I meant? <laughs> well, not specifically gay porn, but like porn in general. It's, I'm not gonna, like, I don't label myself like, oh, like pervert or anything, but I respect the porn industry a great deal and what pornography does to cinema as an art form it's one of the main reasons i like the movie x so much by ty west where it's like uh pornography filmmakers are inherently going against the grain of mainstream media and mainstream cinematic taste by filming smut (laughs) yeah it's definitely like the most subversive like film category Mm -hmm. there is so um and then i especially like queer porn too because it's like not definitely Mm -hmm. not the mainstream and um yeah and and we we talked about this a bunch in private and we never really talked about it on the air but the reason that people like body horror wrestling jackass movies and pornography is like we all like seeing the human body being stretched to the limit (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know, I think 
to use, you know, one of the terms in our uh, name of the podcast, like carnal. It's like those bodily, like earthly carnal desires or like experiences and urges that everyone has. Like everyone has a body. So exploring the body is, of course, going to be intriguing to most. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's a giallo just set in the gay porn industry is kind of rules. It's like a little bit of cruising, a little bit of Dario Argento, a little bit of like almost actual pornography. I just, I got to know what your initial reaction to Knife Plus Heart is or the first time you saw it. Yeah, so I actually just um, watched it for the first time this past Halloween season I made a like 31 days list for myself to try to tackle a bunch of the films that were on my watch list and integrating in a few of my like regular Halloween watches in there. Um, So I put Knife Plus Heart on there because I was really excited like after it came out, like I remember it being put on Shudder. But then I just, for some reason, never actually watched it. Um, I don't really know why. It was just something that sat on the watch list. And then every time I actually thought about crossing something off the watch list, I, you know, probably didn't. I'm very guilty of, like, rewatching things and not actually paying attention to my watch list. Um, But I, like immediately fell in love like it is so stylish and it's so like mesmerizing like like the the score is so good it's so beautiful it's like a real modern giallo like it's not just something that gets some like greens and blues and then everyone starts calling it a modern giallo on twitter like it is actually truly (laughs) like, in conversation with the giallo genre and, like, a very queer giallo or, like, slasher. And, like, we actually don't have a lot of very explicitly queer slashers, I don't think. Um, no. And we definitely get not, none done this well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we usually get shit, like, fucking they slash them. That was yeah, recently. And, and it's um yeah, it's definitely very like it's it's very 70s Italian giallo, but it's also very like De Palma-esque. Like it kind of it's like if Dress to Kill was made like correctly, like it wasn't problematic, <laughs> I guess. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just it's very dreamlike. It's very surreal. Um, there's a couple great kills with that uh, dildo knife that mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, I just instantly was like, yeah, this is we need more of this around. <laughs> it it all comes off as very authentic and it's queer themes and like its depiction of the porn industry like right down to the way that they even make the movies in the film. Like 
it, the 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 common person isn't gonna know what a quote unquote fluffer is. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it definitely it kind of just drops you in to this community and this scene, and you kind of you know if you're unfamiliar, you're kind of sitting there like learning all of these things, but you're also just kind of like along for the ride with like this beautiful cast of characters. Um, and I kind of love that, like, even though it's based around a producer and, and like, filmmakers and, you know, porn stars, you spend quite a lot of time within different spaces in the community. Like, there are a few different club scenes. There's a few, like, different performances, like, different different brands of queer art, I guess you could say, like... You kind of get like a full picture of like, you know, the community and like their friendship and the love that everyone has for each other and and stuff like that. It, like it's just very rich in that sense. Like it, like you said, it's very real and like authentic. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everyone's just so like living free, and it's beautiful. I like that you bring up that it's like that it's a different world and different sense of communities than what normal day to day life is, because I'm going to go back to a conversation that I had with Prince on on his uh, Nightlight podcast. We, I was actually guest starred on the episode they did for Knife Plus Heart, and I talked about how Knife Plus Heart to me represents an invader in like safe spaces. You think mm-hmm. here is a community of people like-minded like myself. Here is a community of people that are just like me. And there's somebody going around causing harm to everybody in that space that doesn't belong. Yeah, I um, I read something where the director spoke about how it is pretty much just a representation of like the hedonism and just like the overall like reveling in pleasure that was kind of lost during mm-hmm. the 80s like during the AIDS epidemic and mm-hmm. so like the killer is kind of a stand-in for like that fear and especially because like we see the police don't really take it seriously um I think that metaphor like for what's going on in the real world during the time period that the movie is set in it works really well with like a lot of the themes of the slasher genre um but yeah I like what you said about like I guess like safe spaces being invaded because yeah it's like our killer is like acting out it's almost like like triggered by other people living authentically as themselves Mm -hmm. and like feels the need to punish them for it, like an internalized homophobia because of, you know, what we learn about the killer's past, Um, which I noticed like if you remember the um, like the bird, like this whole like bird symbolism happening throughout um the bird is like blind 
And mm-hmm. so I kind of took that as like, you know, this bird, like, like, you know, he released him from death. You're kind of almost reborn. And it's almost like guiding him on this like little slasher uh, frenzy, but like being misled or like being blinded by like those, those feeling like that hurt um, and stuff like that. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it yeah. Does. And like, I think like, you know, one of the last scenes like takes place in that um, the cinema and it's like all of these other people, like all of these other queer people seeing this person literally invading the space and with fear and they aren't having it, you know, like they kind of like take matters into their own hands. So like the ending is very much a like community will take care of community and we will flourish and get that fear, get that, like, hatred out of here. (laughs) The director almost invites the viewer to participate in almost invading this world of some sort of... Because this is, like, a bygone era that's come and gone. Like, there's no way for us to relive this era. And he almost takes a voyeuristic approach to the way things are shot in the film. Almost like you said, like, De Palma-esque earlier yeah i think it's really interesting like you know that conversation can always be applied i think whenever like a film set or something like that is an element because it's definitely like not to use like the word meta but it's like kind of like De Palma does that a lot where the characters are filming something or like like body double there's like it starts on a film set and I think that kind of happens a lot here where something we're watching something happen and then the camera pans out a little bit and we realize that we were watching a scene being acted out or something like that and it definitely like makes the viewer like question or like interrogate like their gaze i guess and um i guess also like Anne as a producer i guess because like you said like you brought up voyeurs i'm like like she's kind of like turning the murders of her friends into a film and so like it, it it's definitely like has a voyeuristic spin where it's like the suffering of others is literally being flipped into something to watch for pleasure like mm-hmm. in the most literal sense <laughs> yeah um yeah so it's kind of that's it's an interesting interesting aspect like whenever like the camera is an important element of the film itself this is uh this is by god one of the most unique like quote-unquote horror films that i've seen in the past like five years it's just just like the it's 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 one of those few that i could just find myself fully immersed in and it's like a little bit slasher a little bit giallo a little bit de palma a little bit smut it's like this stew of like movies that we don't get too often anymore and I love the ambition it has. Yeah, I love like it's all of those things, but it's like the actual killings are like 
very heavy towards the beginning and then the second half is very much into like and uh, like uncovering what's going on like investigative kind of uh, plot but it's also just very dreamlike we spend a lot of time like there's like that picnic scene and there's just a lot of there's a lot going on and yeah there's not really anything else quite like it that we've gotten not even just since like 2018 since this came out but even like in the years leading up to 2018 like it it feels like something yeah we we talk about like oh we've had this great breakthrough of queer cinema queer cinema as of late but very rarely do i find that queer cinema actually challenges me to some point unlike this one like this one really challenged me to like take a look at the spaces that I surround myself with. And if there's like this invading dangerous force there that wants ill intent from me, that's what I got. And that's what I got out of this movie. I don't, I don't know if that's what everybody gets, but, but this movie really kind of opened my eyes of like, Oh, it may be a safe space, but it's not always safe. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, like I definitely don't want to discount um any like I, I I love some of the like queer films we've been getting and like or discount the work of any like queer filmmakers, but yeah, quite a few of the things we've gotten lately um just haven't really felt challenging like you said. Like I think like representation is a huge thing and so it's like nice that we see a lot of like casually queer characters where like that is not the point or the plot like that is great too but also like you said there's not not a lot that's really challenging me or asking me to like interrogate myself which yeah i definitely also came out of my watch with kind of that question of like you know like are we taking care of our own because that's kind of like a a really big message I think like there's a lot of um you know because a lot of queer people know that you have a lot of like found family and so like I kind of found myself a little mad at Anne a lot of the times where (laughs) They're literally like sad over their friend and she's like, let's make a movie out of it. And they're like, are you sure that's a good idea? And then like someone else dies and they're like, she's like, yeah, let's like keep going. And like some people are obviously concerned and but she's like consumed by needing to get Lois back to the point where she's toxic and, um, you know, drives Lois away even more and, and things like that. So it made me like. Like, okay, well, if I was, like, am I taking care of, you know, my friends around me? Like, what, you know, am I doing anything? Like, it kind of makes you, like, try to step into Anne's shoes and be like, am I like that at all? I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. But, yeah, definitely, like, forces you to interrogate your safe spaces and your community and think about how we can be better i guess definitely because if it's anything the queer 
community needs more it's a sense of you know protection ship i mean i i'm speaking from my own personal experience but some of the people that have screwed me over the most have been people supposedly in my own community it's 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 worth looking at who you surround yourself with and who you interact with and whatnot. And, I, and I'm amazed that like a gay giallo made me think so much about this topic. <laughs> yeah. Like I like what, you know, a film that has quite a bit of runtime, like centered around like soft core porn scenes. And I'm like thinking about, you know, <laughs> my home, my community and whether I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. Whether I'm nurturing like my friendships and I should probably like check on some of my friends, you know, it's just the scene where the flipper comes out and starts giving the blowjob to keep the erection. And you're just thinking, Oh, I wonder how my homies are doing right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, I think it's real also really interesting. Like you said, it's like a time period we can't really go back to. Mm-hmm. So in a way, like at first glance, seeing seeing people live so freely, like being so authentically themselves, mm-hmm. I think that maybe to first glance, like on the first glance to most people doesn't feel like transgressive at all. But if you like remember especially because we get so many like retro or like films that are like mimicking the seventies and like, and things like that. I think we kind of, I think we forget that like the world we live in now was like paved for us by the people who were living during this time. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that the film is set in like, because like living so freely and um and things like that is like a major theme here because that gets taken away pretty soon like you know the background of this is that like the AIDS epidemic is coming up so that was taken away and then we now live in a like post epidemic world where like we no longer have like live in a place where we just tell people that they can't like go out or they'll you know contract the virus or something like that you know so it's like interesting to have a perspective where you're seeing like a pre fear age I don't know if any of that made sense but like on first glance it's like oh yeah like that's how all my friends and I act but like not thinking about the like kind of looming the 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 elephant in the room (laughs) um you know that's gonna take hold you know in the near future from when this film is set i guess if that makes sense um and so kind of if you have that actively in your mind it kind of gives it a little bit of a different twist i guess maybe at the end so with knife plus heart fresh in your mind i I have to bring up, I'm kind of surprised this didn't revitalize the giallo genre in a sense in the indie scene. Like, mm. like we still, we still movies like this 
gay, gay and queer themes aside, like a, a giallo that's just drenched in color and like mystery and black leather. Basically, what Ario, Dario Argento was like known for, the genre still has never really bounced back. Yeah, um, like I don't want to like shade any recent films, but I don't know. I get modern Jello, mm-hmm. like that term pops up uh in conversation with a few films but like they're not really they're not really modern giallo films so yeah it's interesting that there wasn't like a full-fledged um i guess renaissance i mean we're definitely in like a slasher phase right now which is kind of like adjacent and we are getting a lot of very like colorful and i guess like synthy music kind of films but nothing that quite encapsulates it all like this film does you're, and it's kind of sad i'm like we're we missed opportunity here <laughs> you're gonna hate the movie that i think came closest <laughs> am i you might <laughs> i think malignant got the closest <laughs> I I would agree with that. I do think it's not quite. It's obviously nowhere near. I think as no, it's not on the nose on as, point. Yeah, it's like knife plus heart, but but I, I think it definitely that one goes the closest. When people say it about last night in Soho, oh no, I want to no. I want to throw up. But no. okay, like there's <laughs> there's some red and green lighting, and there's like a like that's uh, a hint of a mystery. That is that is it. not <laughs> that is not a modern Jello that does not make. Um, but yeah, I I would agree. Malignant does have a little like there's like you know a little gloved or like cloaked killer. it's the the golden dagger the synth soundtrack the colors it's it's got a lot more than last night last night is so what the fuck what yeah i hear that i hear that get thrown out a bad bad movie (laughs) it's a bad example (laughs) i agree i i agree i tried i tried to give it a chance but uh but no um I'm like yeah I mean J- James Wan is a big uh like Jallo fan like that's pretty baked into a lot of early James Wan so it's it's fun that he returned to that with Malignant but but yeah but but again nothing quite um encapsulate we get like we get fun slashers we get some fun pretty or like wacky movies like Malignant we get some like sleazy films like X but we don't get those all wrapped into one film like knife plus heart ever i mean they're saying maxine is supposedly a jello we'll see yeah i mean and also set you know like i guess assuming based on the character like in that kind of industry so i don't know maybe maybe that will be the closest we get to knife plus heart but we'll see um if we ever really get Maxine. <laughs> so, speaking of Cynthia, should we dive into our music selection for this? 
I I think so. I think it's time. All right. This was a little tough. This selection might not fully go with it, but bear with us. Our musical <laughs> selection this week is Pain by Boy Harsher. Boy Harsher is an American electronic music group formed in 2013 in Savannah, Georgia. Currently based in Northampton, Massachusetts, the band consists of vocalist Jay Matthews and producer Augustus Mueller. The band has amassed a cult following since their formation, and their song Pain has become an underground hit. Matthews and Mueller also own and run the label Nude Club, which is exclusively devoted to boy harsher and related artists. Okay, um, you're you're not much of a boy harsher listener, are you? I am not. This is new to me. I mean, like, I I have ears and I don't live under a rock, so, um, I've certainly heard, um, a few things from them, but nothing that I would have known was something of theirs i guess if that makes sense until like like i've never pressed play on one of their songs until prepping for this episode um but i know i have heard mm-hmm. them like in other places i guess if that makes sense I'm, but i'm definitely i definitely vibe with it real hard <laughs> yeah they're like goth synthwave they find themselves invading slasher films um their song burn it down was written exclusively for Halloween ends. Pain is in the film Terrifier 2. They do like mini movies for some of their albums. They they both come from like a history of like background in film. They met in film school. So all of their music carries this very like filmic thematic feel to it. If you catch my drift. Yeah, so, so that's like a fun like connection, you know, to you know the the reason why why it would be a good pairing like it's fun like their music is already in slasher movies so it you know just it just fits um but yeah this one specifically like pain like when i started listening to it i was like this literally like i'm just getting the vibe that i am in like a gay bar and like so it definitely fits with the vibe <laughs> of the film oh no totally it's like very synthy like almost like carries an erotic feel to it like their music is like very very sexy i love i love matthew's voice like over it like i like how she sings in like lower decibels compared to what we would expect a female vocalist to sing in yes and it feels very much like yearning i guess mm-hmm. is a is a word to put on it um but yeah like so sensual in in like that sense where like wanting and and things like that yeah like the like this song specifically i'm like yeah i i am envisioning myself like in a club like dancing and like seeing someone across the room 
but you know, I, very much like the the opening scene of Knife Plus Heart, you know? I, I was going to say, you can picture yourself yearning to someone to this song or someone being butchered to pieces to it. <laughs> exactly. And it just sounds like something that would be in, like, heard in the film, which, mm-hmm. you know, it just makes sense. I mean, surprised it's not in there, but, you know. You'll have to watch Halloween Ends and Terrifier too if you want to see movies with, with Boy Harsh or music. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe like I I didn't realize um like I love the Terrifier two soundtrack, so I've definitely like obviously listened to um I guess listened to this song before, but like I think it just like merged with the rest of the soundtrack in my brain, like not as its own track i guess if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah because that, that the soundtrack's a lot of synth wave and retro wave it's very specific choices yeah so it just fits and then like i think like some of the lyrics like mm-hmm. of this like also kind of fit like i think like one of the main lyrics is like i will follow you home (laughs) and i'm like okay it's it's giving slasher (laughs) oh no it's giving slasher stalker but also like maybe like fucking vibes yeah like but maybe you want me to follow you home i don't yeah i don't know like like like, what's happening here what are we doing who are we yeah what are we (laughs) yeah what are we (laughs) yeah do you want me to move in i don't know (laughs) me to the slasher i'm like what are we (laughs) Yeah, what are you? Are you mad um, at me? Yeah, uh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm glad you liked this one. Uh, this movie was hard to pair something up with, but this, like, I I knew the moment I suggested the movie, I was like, it's got to be something by Boy Harsher, just something synthy, something kind of sexy, something kind of spooky, etc. Yeah, I I definitely i i vibe with it really hard and and this is the kind of stuff i do like to listen to when i'm like i don't know just like working on stuff or like getting chores done i don't like to listen to stuff that's like lyric heavy because of i don't know like your frontal lobe or whatever like listening singing along to lyrics like breaks your concentration if you're like reading or writing stuff but um so i listen to a lot of like lo-fi or like Mm -hmm lo-fi adjacent but but i think this will definitely have to go on into that rotation it's just vibes like there's there there needs to be a lo-fi goth playlist to study to yeah and it shows that girl at the desk only she's a goth instead of a regular school girl (laughs) yeah yeah well hold on maybe after this maybe that's what i'll be doing is curating a like goth synthwave study playlist yeah hold up we cook in here someone cooked here yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's like a perfect pairing and i don't know like i i this is a my call to filmmakers can we please get more sleazy thriller with synthwave soundtracks Please. I just need to hear like more slasher movies have a soundtrack like yeah. Just give me like all the synth and slashers. God, I hope Maxine has a fucking synth soundtrack. I know we are getting like queer erotic thrillers this year for sure. Um. Oh, 
that very excited love lies bleeding the, yeah that oh, dropped yeah. a trailer that is... this morning yeah very so very excited for that <laughs> yeah you know i still gotta watch saint Maud. so really you haven't seen saint Maud? no i haven't seen saint Maud. I it, it is nothing at all like what Love Lies Bleeding is gonna be like. So you want to don't need to see it. <laughs> you know how much of a hypocrite I am. I have the Mondo poster for Saint Maud, but I haven't seen it. I I respect that though. I <laughs> I just you know I was like it looks like a movie I I will like. I really like the artist that did it. And I love that the art of it is like her as a saint statue, just like all cracked and whatnot. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, also a little bit gay. So I mean, okay, okay. So you're telling me I need to watch it? I think so. I think it's worth. Okay, I, I think mean, it's worth a watch. I was going to watch it anyway, but I just haven't got around to it. It came out at at a bad time where it was like COVID and whatnot. And A24 didn't give out Yeah, that was like, yeah, that was like peak Peak, pandemic, too. Peak pandemic. So. Like. Yeah. Yeah, like theaters just closed and they pushed it back. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'll definitely watch it. Um, On that note, do we have anything more we have to say about Knife Plus Heart and Boy Harsher? Um, I don't think so. Just, uh. Give me more sleazy films. Give me, give me more. Give me more. <laughs> Not the Britney Exactly, Spears. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to say this isn't going to be the last time that Boy Harsher appears on this show. They'll be back. Yeah. We'll welcome them. welcome them with open arms. In the, the, mayhaps they'll come back on the Halloween Ends episode <laughs> or the in- inevitable Terrifier 2 episode. <laughs> Oh, that's true. That's true. That that will be inevitable. Mayhaps we'll see. We'll get there eventually. Mayhaps plot twist. They don't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't give it. Don't give us a thing. Something to follow through on. Because yes, because we will not, not my follow forte. through. We will not follow through. <laughs> um, Vanna, where can people find you online? So, um, you can find me pretty much anywhere at Siren Death Cult. Um, I think Blue Skies open now to everyone. So, uh, yeah, it is. I'm I'm on there. You know, X or Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> any pretty much any anywhere like, you can find me at Siren Death Cult. I'm like this motherfucker over here said X. No one can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I Nobody I does. just say Twitter, but you know what I mean. No, um, yeah. I'm just giving you our time. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at JFC Doomblade. That's on X slash Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, Letterboxd. If, it, if somebody's on a website named JFC Doomblade, it's most likely me. You can also follow the pod on various socials at carnal ex pod you can also find us on spotify and apple Podcasts. be sure to leave a five-star review it's good for the algorithm we'll be back next week with a selection of our choosing 
I'm not going to tease anything in advance because, you know, we we say fuck it, we ball. <laughs>